Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this week we recap some of the action from regionals two weeks ago and look ahead to the national championships happening this week. It's going to be an incredibly tight competition with so many teams being able to contend for that national title. So we're super excited to be going in person to cheer on Michigan and of course enjoy an incredible weekend of gymnastics. But before we get to all of that, we have to break down regionals. Stay tuned. And real quick, we're going to take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Kathleen R., Amy M., Lucy S., Kevin K., Maya A., Becca S., Nina L., DFP, Blake B., Elaine E., Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., Sabrina M., Amy C., Eric S., Milan W., and M. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so much, and I just want to remind you to check your Patreon app if you haven't recently, because we announced a few days ago who our next guest is going to be, and you, along with our Silver Level supporters, have the opportunity to see who it is and ask questions. So make sure you check it out if you haven't already, and we'll have a link to our Patreon in the show notes down below. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter and you want to learn more about it. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, we're back. It's been a minute since we've recorded. This is becoming our new regular intro. I know. <laughs> I feel like, well, because we haven't recorded an episode since conference championships and it's been almost a month since that. So we apologize. I feel like a lot has happened in the gymnastics world the last month, or I guess however long it's been since we've recorded, the last several weeks. Um, regionals happened, so we're going to talk about that today, and then also, we're only a couple days away from nationals. We leave in three days? I think so. We leave really (laughs) early, like super, super early on Wednesday morning, so we're super excited about that, but before we get ahead of ourselves, we want to circle back to regionals and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the key things that happened there, and of course, tell you who qualified on to nationals, so... Ashley, I think, is going to give us the rundown on the teams and the individuals that have advanced onto the national championships in Fort Worth. I mean, I think it's safe to say that everybody's NCAA brackets are messed up at this point. <laughs> because a lot oh, of yeah. stuff happened that we were not expecting to happen. Things that you would have never in a million years predicted. Yeah, if anyone had these teams on their bracket, let us know. Because I feel like no one saw this coming. So the teams we have headed to the NCAA championships are, of course, Oklahoma. They're currently the number one team in the nation. And Jade Carey, one of the best all-around gymnasts in the nation, will be rotating with with them. Alabama, they have quite a few individual qualifiers that will be rotating with them. There's Sarah Schaefer from Arkansas. She'll be competing on bars. Skyla Schulte from MSU will be competing on beam. Yay, go Skyla. Gayla Griswold from Lindenwood will be competing on vault, which shout out to her. That is so huge. So she's the first gymnast in Lindenwood's history to qualify to the NCAA championships. And we believe that she's only the second Division II gymnast to qualify in its history. So she went from competing at regionals to the USAG Collegiate National Championships And then she'll go straight to NCAA. So she's had a very, very busy last couple of weeks, but she's a superstar. (laughs) Iconic. We love that for her. And I love nothing more than to see history being made. I mean, yeah, how cool is that to see a Division II gymnast? I mean, London 1 has been kind of a team on the rise. And we've seen them beat Division I teams, even in the rankings when you look. Oh, yeah. They're oftentimes ranked ahead of Division I teams. So they are a really good team. And 
I guess maybe not all that surprising that they have a gymnast finally at the NCAA championships. And that's really, really great for the sport and for a Division II gymnast as well, just to know that they can make it there. Yeah, it's something that Division II and even Division Three athletes can strive for, to see somebody actually be able to make it out of such tough regional competitions with so many strong you know, all-around and individual specialists. That, well, I say specialists, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That are advancing on as an individual to nationals. It's really, really tough competition at these regionals, even just for the top teams to make it. Oh, absolutely. And that's something that I want to touch on a little bit later as far as like how individuals qualify to nationals because I think it should be totally different. But yes, to your point, it's really, really hard to make it out of a regional to the NCAA championships and to think that a Division II gymnast did it is really, really iconic. It so. gives hope for future Division II and Division Three gymnasts you know, to see that they, they can do it. It is possible. Mm-hmm. So absolutely incredible. We'd love to see that. And then Kyla Bryant also will be rotating with Alabama, of course she's going to be doing floor then we have minnesota they also have several individual gymnasts rotating with them serena linton from arizona will be competing on beam jay mack from illinois state the freshman will be competing on floor we have her on our fantasy team well one of our fantasy teams and i think she's kind of under the radar people don't realize how great she is mm-hmm. she not only has your chinko one and a half on vault which obviously she's not going to be doing that at nationals but her floor is incredible she has a career high of 990 five that's what she actually did to make it to the NCAA championship well, she she's was, done it several times she's super super consistent all season long I I don't know off the top of my head exactly like what her average was but from my memory just having her on our fantasy team it seemed like she like hardly went below like a 985 she was always yeah. like 985 plus if I like. well I definitely don't think she ever went below I think maybe her very first meet ever she got like a 94 something on floor but other than that she's definitely been 98 and above and like I said has gone as high as 9925 on several occasions. So really, really impressive for a freshman and also Illinois State's second ever NCAA qualifier. Ironically, their very first one was just last year, Angelica yeah. Labat on ball. And it was such a huge deal. I remember <laughs> we were all so, so excited about it. And now they have another one. Yeah, so that is so cool. Not only just for Illinois State, but for a freshman to be making it to the NCAA championships, I think is really, really exciting and a great way to finish out her first year of collegiate gymnastics. So we got Serena Linton, J-Mac, then we got the Mias, Mia Towns and Mia Takakawa. Mia Towns will be doing ball and Mia Takakawa will be doing bars. And they are from Illinois. Yes. And then go Big Ten. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then there's more as well. We'll get to it. But lots of Big Ten gymnasts representing here, which we love. And then Utah will be the final team competing in semifinal one. And Kennedy Hambrick from Arkansas will be rotating with them and doing the all around. Moving on to the second semifinal of the NCAA championships, of course, we have Florida, who had a phenomenal regional championships, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Raina Worley from Kentucky will be rotating with them and doing all around. And, you know, she's she's a sneaky one. I feel yeah. like people really underestimate how great she is in the all-around. Well, she's the star of Kentucky's team, so it's not like she's a secret weapon or anything by any means, but I think when you think about the top all-arounders in the country, like she's not necessarily the first one that comes to your mind, and I I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, we think of Jade Carey, Trini Thomas, Suni Lee, but like, don't count on Raina Worley. She's very much going to be in contention for that all-around national title, and I could be wrong on this. I, I think this is right. I guess feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I think she was the second highest all-around score from her regional. Like, she beat Suni Lee. Yep, I think I remember seeing that as well. So, I mean, that's obviously how she qualified, being on a not-qualifying team, but she's just really, really great. She's 
been, you know, first in the nation this season for a couple weeks in a row. And really, I think, is coming for that Natty all-around title. Absolutely. I think she's Kentucky's best bet to do that and actually has a really good shot at doing that. So I'm going to be excited to see that. Of course, then we also have Michigan, the reigning national champions. And they will have Nora Flatley rotating with them. She'll be doing the all-around. So super excited to see her with Michigan. And what's so impressive about Nora is, you know, this is her first season consistently doing the all-around. And she's been so, so incredible. Yeah, she's really stepped up on all four events, which I didn't really think we were going to see from her in her senior season. Well, I think she didn't really have too much of a choice. I think with UCLA's lack of depth and all the injuries that they've had, they really needed someone like Nora to step up. And she's very capable of going up and doing an incredible floor routine, an incredible vault like we've seen each week. But really surprising that I guess she was the one that advanced. I think a lot of people would expect Shay Campbell to be the one for UCLA. Or even Jordan Childs. Me literally forgetting about Jordan Childs. <laughs> well, Jordan Childs is going to be... I literally forgot about Jordan Childs. Well, they're both. I mean, they're both really... I mean, all three of them are really strong all-arounders. I guess when you think about UCLA's top all-arounder, though, you don't typically think of Nora. You think of... Yeah. I was thinking of Shay Campbell, but or also Charles. Yeah, both, both of them, yeah. And then they also have Nora, which is super incredible because she's been so amazing this season. So definitely super, super happy for her and hoping that she can end her career at UCLA out on a bang. Auburn will be competing at the NCAA Championships for just the sixth time in their program history. So love to see that. They will have several individual rotating with them. Adeline Kenlin from the Big Ten, Iowa, will be doing beam. Haley Davis from Kentucky will be doing floor. Kaya Johnson from LSU will be doing vault. And then Kelly Nixon, also from Kentucky, will be doing uneven bars. I will say, and we'll get to it when we talk about the Raleigh Regional, but it does feel like a crime that Haley Bryant will not be there for vault. Yeah, (laughs) but she did just have her appendix taken out. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. So I guess... I don't know if she would have been able to compete anyways. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm not, like, up on, like, appendix recovery time. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that the kind of thing that you oh, can push off? Oh, no. Oh, I guess it depends on how bad it was. I don't yeah. know her situation at all, but I saw people online talking about that, and I was also thinking that as well. Like, hmm, I wonder if she had qualified, would she actually have been able to go anyways? Yeah, I don't know. Or was it a matter of, like, it was kind of an issue to begin with, and she was pushing it off, and now that she's not competing, she's like, okay, let's do Might this. as well. Right. <laughs> Either way... Justice for Haley Bryant. Absolutely, without a doubt, the best vaulter in the country, I would say. And it's such a shame that she's not going to be there to be able to contend for that title. Uh huh. I want to talk about the individuals. Let me real quickly read off the last team that we have in the individuals. We have Missouri, which we'll talk about it when we get to the Raleigh <laughs> oh, Regional. We'll, we'll talk about it. But they are going to NCAAs for only the second time in program history. I got to talk to Amari Celestine, who was the one that clinched it for them. I got to talk to her this week. And she was just so, so, so excited for her team and really believed her team could do it. So it was nice to see that she had that confidence and then everything just came to fruition for yeah. her and her team. So that's really, really exciting. And then individuals rotating with Missouri will be Jordan Childs, we mentioned. She'll be doing bars and floor. Abby Thompson from Denver will be doing beam. And then Alexis Edwards from Hawaii. Hawaii State. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let me just say that I wasn't actually saying Hawaii. I was trying to say Ohio and it just came out really weird. (laughs) 
Dang. Hawaii State, huh? That's, That's, could you imagine? That'd be nice. I'm here for that. <laughs> Ohio State, again, another Big Ten school. So we have lots of Big Ten representation here. As She'll be should. doing well. So, yes, we love to see that, of course, being uh, Michigan and Big Ten fans. We love to see that representation at the national championship. So I want to talk about, real quickly, individuals and how they qualify because I think it's crap and situations like what happened this year really make me realize how how angry we are about yeah, this. Yeah, how crappy this is for athletes that are, you know, among the best in the nation on a certain event and they don't make it, whether it's because they have an off day on regionals, on regional semifinals, they just happen to have an off day and they don't make it, or if they happen to have a good day but somebody else ties them and then they have to do the tiebreaker and they don't advance through the tiebreaker. Which the tiebreaker is where all of the judges' scores count. So there's four judges at regionals and they would take all four scores and the average of that, whoever's higher out of that, would be the one that advanced. And I think what a lot of people were expecting to happen with that Raleigh Regional was once LSU eliminated themselves, which we'll talk about, a lot of people, I think, expected UCLA to be the team that would advance, and that would mean that Kaya Johnson would go in the all-around and Haley Bryant would get the vault spot. But because UCLA didn't advance, that means Nora Flatley had the highest all-around score, meaning that Kaya Johnson got the vault spot, which eliminated Haley Bryant. Which feels I don't like. wrong, yeah, because... She's, when the regular season ended, she was third on vault. Jordan Bowers and Trinity Thomas were tied for first, so she was third. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like there needs to be a way for gymnasts who have consistently done well all season and they remain in the top of the rankings to automatically make it to NCAAs based off of those rankings, not necessarily one performance because... It wasn't even like Haley Bryant underperformed on vault. Yeah. It's not even like she had a bad vault and that's why she didn't qualify. Like, she did what she, I mean, it may, it may not have had her most, like, perfect vault, but she did a solid vault, which is what she has been doing all season. Right, and, like, she is so good on vault. Obviously, she's the reigning national champion. It doesn't feel right to not have her there contending for that title. Mm-hmm. Even if her team doesn't go... She should have the right to contend for that title because she's one of the best in the whole nation on that event. So I don't know. I think that's something else. They need, to, they need to change something about that because I don't think it's right to base who goes to nationals as far as individuals go on one meet. Yeah. Especially when you've been, you know, one of the best in the nation all along. You could be the number one gymnast in the nation who doesn't make it to nationals because you lost a tiebreaker. How do you feel about them taking, like, the top two on each event? Like, the top two all-arounders on a not-qualifying team and, like, the top two events? I mean, I think... Or would would that be too many people? I think it would potentially add too many people to NCAA, so I could see them not wanting to do that for that reason. I think they should just look at, you know, I don't know exactly. I I would probably need to think this out more. Or what if if they just don't break the tie? Like, what if they, if you have if the tie score, somebody else, go. you both go. That seems fair. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be, like... You're not satisfied with any of the options I'm bringing to the table? No, because I really think that, like, the best of the best should be there. And so some way, somehow, they should find a way to factor in the yeah. actual, like, rankings. Yeah, don't you think the final competition of the year, the national championships, the biggest competition, don't you think that should be the best of the best? It's kind of like... Yeah. It's like the Olympics, almost. <laughs> For college gymnastics. Like, you want to have the best of the best there competing. Right. And to think that 
You know, there was one point in time where it almost looked like SUNY wasn't going to qualify for the all-around. Well, that's a scary thing, depending on, like, what happens. Yeah. Like, you could be out that Your way. fate could be placed in the hands of another team's performance yeah. as an individual. I don't like that. I don't think that's right. So, I don't know exactly what I want to happen. I'm just here to say that I want something to change because... So, maybe they do, like they've been doing, top event and top all-arounder on a not-qualifying team goes to nationals. And maybe if you have, like, a top five I was just going to say ranking, that. Um, in the all-around or on an event, that would ensure that the very best in the nation are still going to yes. nationals. Because if you're in the top five on an event or in the all-around, you've obviously been super consistent all season long yeah. on that event or all-around yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I was just, it's ironic that you said that because I was sitting I'm here. I'm twin telepathy. I'm reading your mind. <laughs> yeah, you must have been because I was just about to say I think top five would be a good, a good place to cut it off. Um, because I think you'd get a good variety of gymnasts too, or not only on top teams, but also gymnasts that maybe aren't on a top team, but are just really, really good at a certain event or in the all around or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they would have a shot to go to nationals. So yeah, something along those lines, I think would be nice to see. All right. Um, we, we can propose that to the NCAA. I'll get on the phone with them later. <laughs> But I guess we can just jump into regionals now because yeah, well, <laughs> a lot I think we should start with the Raleigh regional because it was pure chaos, and we're kind of talking about LSU and UCLA. That's the one regional where I think people are probably tuning in to this podcast wanting us to talk about that regional because that's I think the one that's like the most controversial and and I think going into it that was the one that we expected to be really intense but I also think that no one saw this outcome happening yes the way that it actually played out was not what any of us probably would have predicted so I think the general consensus is that Michigan was going to advance and then one of either UCLA or LSU was going to advance I thought it was going to be LSU and I on my bracket had UCLA to be clear, I wanted it to be UCLA, but I thought it was going to be LSU. And I thought it was, I wanted it to be UCLA, and I thought it was going to be UCLA just because of what happened to them last season. They obviously didn't make it to nationals from regionals, and just the season that they've had, and they've really kind of, in the last couple of weeks of the season, or the last couple of meets, I guess I should, I guess I should say. Tongue twister. <laughs> I, apparently I can't talk today. I feel like they've just been getting better and better and kind of starting to peak at the right time. So I felt like, especially after day one of regionals, they were on fire. Well, yeah, they were on fire. They were on top of Michigan every day. Yeah, which is another thing that no one predicted most likely. So I don't know. I just felt like this was going to be their moment. Yeah. And they were going to come back like guns a-blazing after last season. It did feel right, didn't it? Yeah. Like, it, the, the vibe felt very UCLA to me. And after semifinal one, I was like, oh yeah. And especially at that point, because LSU had eliminated themselves. Yeah, we should probably backtrack. <laughs> so, semifinal one, to be honest with you, I didn't really watch, aside from the last rotation, which is when LSU was on beam, because I was in a work meeting. So my phone was like blowing up. Ashley was like texting me updates, but I wasn't checking it because I was in a meeting. So the first two <laughs> rotations, they were great. Like they were on 198 pace. They were having themselves a meet. And then things got a little bit funky on bars and the last event beam. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, on bars, it wasn't anything disastrous. I think they had one fall, and then somebody touched the mat with their foot. 
So it was like a okay. big deduction. I mean, they, they had they had deductions in that rotation. It definitely was not Their the best. rotation that they wanted, especially after Floor and Ball, how great they did there. Well, and Bars was kind of the event for LSU that was iffy all season long, I would mm-hmm. say. And then they went to Beam. And this is when I came out of my meeting. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Yeah, Brittany came out at the perfect time. I was like, dude, sit down. Like, <laughs> LSU is about to not even advance to the second day of regionals. Which is wild. Yeah, and it came down to Beam last year regionals too for this team yeah they had a really shaky beam performance and they did end up advancing on to nationals. nationals but yeah they they kind of threw it away on beam i think if they would have stayed kind on of, they literally did yeah <laughs> if they would have stayed on they would have advanced i would say i would assume and uh they had a fall from Aaliyah Finnegan, and who else fell? Christina Desiderio. Yes, yes, in the leadoff spot. She's been so consistent all season long on that event. That's so unfortunate because that was the final routine of her career. And like you said, she's been so consistent her entire career on that event. Yeah, And on the floor as well. So it's just to go out that way, ugh. Yeah, it's hard she to could very easily get a 9-9 or higher in the leadoff spot, so... That was a big blow, and then to see them, I think, get a little bit nervous and get in their heads about it, and Aaliyah Finnegan, who's also been really good this season on beam, had a fall. Um, yeah, at that point, it was kind of a done deal, and it was really, really heartbreaking. Even though I'm not an LSU fan, it was really sad to see them crying and be so upset and, and just realizing that it was over. Oh, yeah. They looked shocked. They looked devastated. Oh, I think we all were shocked. Never in a million years would anybody ever predict that. Not even them. Like, they probably thought for sure they would at least, at the very least, advance to the next day of regionals. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, they're one of the top teams, and any one of the top, you know, 10 or whatever teams is good enough to even with a fall beat some of the teams they've had in that regional that first regional yeah um depending on how good of course they are in the other events like you know they could go up and like you said be on one and eight pace have a really off beam rotation and still be good enough to advance but i think that combination with the not as perfect bar rotation was just too much yeah and it was really exciting for Iowa. They were the ones that ended up advancing to the regional finals over LSU. And oh, and their were, reaction was so yeah, lovely. It was they gi- were so, so happy. It was giving off Michigan winning nationals energy. Like, they were super excited. <laughs> yeah. Exciting for them, but really, really sad for LSU. And so their season came to an end unexpectedly after semifinal one of regionals. And I think that going into the second day... That really opened the door. And I don't even know if opened the door is the right word. It really um, gave UCLA a clear pathway to nationals. Like, here it is. Take it. This is 100% yours. At that rate, it was kind of like, all right, well, it's Michigan and UCLA then, right? Right. So on my bracket, I mentioned I had... UCLA advancing so... You were like, (laughs) six dollar signs? Well, I was wrong, you know, when you look at, like... Who advanced on to the finals? I did have LSU advancing on to the finals, not Iowa. So I was wrong there, but I thought in the end I would be right because I was like, UCLA is going to advance. Like, thank you, LSU. Now I'm going to be right. And I still ended up being wrong because it was Missouri, <laughs> which we are super happy about. Yes. Again, which is not expected. Another reaction from them that we just live for because I don't even know if they were necessarily expecting it. Well, okay, so I did say I talked to Amari Celestine, and this interview will be on Inside Gymnastics. You guys can go check it out. But um, she said that she herself, like, she believed she could do it. She believed the team could do it. 
Um, and I asked her if she felt that like that was something that the team knew that they could do going in, and she did say yes. Like that was their expectation. Like they don't go into it thinking like, well, this course. is our last meet. Like they go into it knowing that they're just as good as the other teams. And but I think, they probably knew somewhere deep inside that it was going to be a real challenge for them. I'm sure they did. Between LSU and going in, LSU and UCLA and Michigan to advance on the nationals with those three top teams is it pretty tall order but i think the thing that people keep forgetting with missouri is that you know not only have they just had an incredible season but they've beat top teams like they beat lsu every time they face them this season <clears throat> and they should have beat florida and i was just gonna say they came within i think it was a tenth of florida at florida wasn't it? Or they were at Missouri. No, they were at Missouri. They were at Missouri, but still. They, it was really, really close to me. And yeah, that was one of the ones that we rescored. And we actually had Missouri score higher than what they actually got. And we did have them on top of Florida. So yeah, you could argue that they deserve to beat Florida. But my point is, is that they kind of can contend with the top teams. And I think people sleep on them a little bit because mm-hmm. they are, historically, they've been the lower ranked SEC school, one. one of the lowest ranks. Georgia was like, yeah. Georgia said, "Hand me the mic." Yeah, <laughs> Georgia said, "We want to be in that position," but they're they've been historically one of the lower ranked SEC schools, and they really just had a phenomenal season this year. And I think people weren't really processing that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that it was expected. Obviously, they would make it to nationals, but I I think if you actually look at the team's capability and the numbers that they can put up. When they hit, and if other teams don't, they are the kind of team that can surprise you. Yeah. And I do think I knew that coming in. Like, they were ranked ahead of UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Not by much. I think they were 11th and UCLA was 14th. So it wasn't, like, a huge difference in the rankings, but they were ranked ahead of them. And like I said, they had beaten LSU. So it was possible for them in their own heads going into this meet to know that they could do it. Well, and I think, um, and I put this on our Triple Twist Twitter, there was the going into regionals. I forget what they called it now. But there was, like, this pre-regional show with um, Shannon Miller, John Roethlisberger, Sam Pezek, um, Dee Dee Bro, and... Uh, whatever Grava twin. I get it mixed up. The, the, the one elite, that was the elite Grava, yeah, not, not the Auburn Grava. Sunni's Olympic coach. Yes. Um. So it was all of them kind of like previewing regionals, and Dee Dee made a comment, and it was actually in regards to the Washington regional. This is Brittany in editing. I'm at Washington Regional. I don't know why the hell I said Washington. Washington is the county that I live in. And I think I was combining Washington and Regional. And I somehow got Washington out of that. So I'm at Washington. Sorry about that. But I think the logic, or maybe the lack of logic behind this, applied to this Raleigh Regional in the end. Because Dee Dee implied that Michigan State didn't have a chance to beat Bama because of Bama's history and how they're a postseason team and, you know, they come to play, which granted Bama did. So she was right in that assessment. But to me, I was kind of rubbed the wrong way by that thought process because it implies that no one else could ever break through. Right. And that's just like, have you not been paying attention? Like teams break through all the fucking time. Excuse my language. (laughs) Like, it just happens all the time. And so, you know, to imply that a team like Michigan State or Missouri wouldn't 
advance or do well because historically they haven't been there. Right. And UCLA and LSU and Alabama, those are historically great teams. They are, well, with the exception of LSU, national champion winning teams in their past. So definitely a legacy there. Definitely a lot of high expectations coming in. And with UCLA having all of these Olympians and high, you know, caliber gymnasts on their team, I think it's natural for people to have high expectations for them, but you can't count out those teams that are right there on the brink, like Missouri, because look what happened. It really comes down to who's the healthiest and who is the best on that day. Yep. Absolutely. Always comes down to that. Never, never about what's happened in the past. Never. Never, ever. Not even that season. You could be the best team all season long, show up at nationals, have a bad meet, and it could be over. It could or, not re- happen. or regionals. Or regionals. Not advanced to nationals. Like, yeah. you, just, you always have to be on in the postseason, which is scary, but that's how it works. Yes, but it's also sport, and this is just kind of how it goes. The irony of Dee Dee Bro saying that, and then LSU not advancing to the second day of regionals, you know, completely <laughs> just destroyed her point. I feel like. I don't know if you believe in karma, but, um, <laughs> you know, I feel like she probably shouldn't have said that. I don't think that... That bad that's, juju. Well, it's it's bad juju. Um, it's not accurate. And I think that when you're given a platform on, what was that, ESPN2, I think mm-hmm. it was on? Yeah. Um, a pretty large platform to talk to a national audience about gymnastics and get them interested and wanting to tune in. Your job is to be unbiased. Your job is to be accurate in your reporting, um, to be in depth with your reporting, to explore those other teams. Missouri? Did they even mention Missouri? Barely. That's the thing. Michigan State barely said. Well, and they didn't. They didn't mention the fact that Missouri had beaten LSU twice that season. They beat them in SECs. They beat them in the regular season. So, like, yeah. Why didn't you mention that? And that's kind of that's that's a really good talking point to to get get people excited. Yeah, to get even just the casual viewer that maybe happened to tune into that to to be be like, like, "Hey, guys, tune in because there could be an upset here, and this is going to be really intense." I'd be like, "Bet I'm watching." For them to assume based on legacy that it would be Michigan, UCLA, or Michigan and LSU. Or in that in that particular case, she was talking about Bama yeah. over Michigan State. But it's the logic to me. It was the logic in general. You could apply it to any team, any situation. Um, you don't tell a large audience that that's how the sport works because that's not how the sport works. Yeah. Didi, you know better. Didi. The team was out. Didi, you're confusing people. Don't come on the show again. <laughs> I wonder if she'll be back because they're supposed to be doing another one before NCAAs. I wonder oh, if she's gonna, Yeah. I wonder if she's going to be back on it. I'm sure she would. I, I don't think there was like outrage. Like I tweeted something and the tweet got a pretty decent amount of likes. Yeah, but do you think they had her on it because they like, were she trying- Shannon Walker, I'm pretty sure, liked the tweet if I remember correctly. <laughs> a, a bunch of and Michigan State Mike people. Bro, yeah. yeah. Um, so like the tweet kind of got a little bit of traction, but, um, I don't think it, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to do anything. Like, I think no, that I don't it, think that like she's in trouble for saying that. I'm just saying, do you think she'd even want to go on now that LSU didn't advance? She probably feels stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like everyone in LSU's camp has been pretty silent ever since that. Like Jay Clark hasn't said shit unless I'm missing something, but, um, they've been, I think their social media person left they had to get a new person mm-hmm. so like things have been pretty quiet in the lsu camp and again like i feel bad for lsu it's no- nothing to do with the gymnasts they've been um you know not having their best season but 
Um, you never want to see a top team go out like that. Yeah. You want to see everyone in the postseason doing the best that they can and um, reaching their full potential. So definitely really sad for LSU to not even make it to that final day and be able to contend for a spot at Nationals. Yeah, it definitely made things interesting. But also really proud of Missouri because I think, you know, they stepped up and they did exactly what they needed to. The question of the day and the question that everyone probably wants to know the answer to is, do you think the right team advanced? I mean, obviously Michigan was first, so they advanced. But out of the LSU or UCLA and Missouri, do you think the right team advanced? Um, You know, I kind of go back and forth. I have watched this regional three times now, all the way through. Um, and I've gone back and watched, you know, just Missouri, focusing solely on Missouri, focusing solely on UCLA. I think take scoring completely out of it. Just watching the performances, I think that Missouri looked better than UCLA, purely based off performance. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Ashley went back and rescored this regional, however, and we had UCLA on top of Missouri by a tenth. So I guess to answer your question, I don't really know what I think because my my scoring has UCLA advancing. Um, my eyes and my heart. Had Missouri advancing. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I think it was so close that it really could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, you could go back and watch it for a fourth time and find a tenth somewhere that you didn't originally tank. Or like, uh, a half tenth here, a half tenth there to make right. a tenth. You could find those two tenths, two half tenths very To quickly. get whatever outcome it is that you're wanting to happen. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I obviously, I wanted UCLA to advance. They're probably my second favorite team behind Michigan. So in my perfect world, it was Michigan and UCLA advancing from the start. Right. We wanted Um, UCLA to advance. Well, selfishly, truly, the reason why I really wanted them there was because we're going to nationals and I wanted to see their entire floor lineup in person. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see Shea Campbell. I wanted to see Brooklyn Moores. I wanted to see Nora. I wanted to see Jordan. I wanted to see Emma Melbio. Yeah. And of course, Polina Trotz, our former guest. So there's just so, so many incredible Florentines that I wanted to see and also Sakai I don't think Sakai would have been in but like mm-hmm. on the off chance that she was like I'd be oh, for I it. hope she would have been <laughs> well for like performance wise yeah. I think for UCLA like she's doing well wise not the best right. option but if you're trying to give the audience a good time then put her in right so anyways like that was my like selfish reason for wanting them to advance I guess yeah. but like at the end of the day I don't have any like stake in the game. Like I, to me, as long as Michigan advanced, truly that was really the only thing that I actually cared about because I'm a diehard Michigan, obviously. But um, I was happy for Missouri to see their reaction and just how extremely happy and proud they were. I think like I just, as a fan, I live for those moments. Yeah, and I said it with Iowa, but the same thing applies to Missouri. It reminded me of when Michigan won last year, the excitement level and how high they were jumping. Like that's something that Amari said too when I talked to her that like in the pictures, it looked like they're like levitating. They're jumping so high in the yeah. air. So oh, I love it though. It's it's nice to see a team have that special moment and to do something that's kind of historic for their program. It is cool to see to see that every once in a while. So yeah, and I think I definitely wasn't mad about it. It came down to the final routine actually. So we had MML Buyo on beam. She got a nine nine seven five, which I think was maybe a, a tad high. We actually had it at nine nine two five when we rescored it, but. At the same time, on the flip side of that, Amari Celestine was on floor. She needed a 9925 for Missouri to advance, and she got just that. 
And I think the controversy, you know, behind that was she stopped on the line. And from the angle that we were seeing it on the broadcast, it was really hard to tell just on the spot without watching a replay, just like initial in the moment. It was really hard to tell whether she was on the line or she was over the line. Mm-hmm. The commentators said that she was over the line. They, they were saying she was out of bounds. To me, it looked like she was out of bounds. Um, I think, you know, going back and watching it from different angles yeah. and seeing some of the pictures that went around, um, it's it's clear that she was on the line. And, you were, and you're allowed to be on the line. Yes. So I still think, though, whether she was over the line or on the line. There was not a 9925 routine. Absolutely not. I mean, we had it when we went and scored it again, and we had it in 985 because the step itself was at least a 10th deduction. Yeah. It was a really big step back, and that's if she was inbounds, I'd say a 10th. And then she had a deduction. I think it was on her last pass as well. I don't remember. Now I'd have to go back and like watch it again to remind myself where I took deductions where, but... Um, we came up with a 9.85 for that routine. So, like, yeah. definitely not her best routine. And in my opinion, definitely not a 9.925. But we also had different areas where we scored Missouri higher or lower. I mean, on bars, we feel that they were overscored. We had their rotation significantly lower on bars. Yeah, they were a 49.35. We actually had them at a 49.175. Yeah. Um, vault, we actually had them over. They got a 49.125. We had them at a 49.2. So mm-hmm. not, not a whole lot over, but we technically did raise their score. And that was actually consistent for like Michigan and UCLA, I believe. Hold on, let me look. Um, okay, no, UCLA vault, we had, um, they got a 49.325. We had them at a 49.3. Um, so I guess rough ballpark. We do feel that vault and beam were probably the lowest scoring events of the competition. Yes, for sure. And like you said, I think there's certain areas, you know, you could look at just Amari Celestine's routine and say that was overscored for sure. And UCLA should have advanced, whatever. But there's also UCLA routines like Jordan Childs on floor, for example. Yeah. Um, she got a 9.925 and that was not a 9925 routine. Mm-mm. We actually had it at a 98 when we scored it. <laughs> which, I mean, you could maybe argue was a little bit harsh, but um it was not a 9925 routine. I will stand firmly in that. Yeah, quite the difference. So yeah, it's kind of like I think whatever fan you're a team of, you could hundred percent make an argument for your team and have it be valid. Um, Brooklyn Moores was incredibly underscored on floor. She did the best routine she's done all season. She got a 9875. I would have had that at like a 9925. Yeah. Um, one of the judges gave it a 10. Yeah. It so. was a great routine. <laughs> Anna um, Paterario on beam. I also feel she was underscored there. Yeah. She got a 98 and we had it at a 9925 and we scored it. So I'm not quite sure like where they got a 98 and where they got all those deductions from. But, so it's, I guess, just to prove the point, you know, like, I think there's certain routines where UCLA could have been scored higher. There's also certain routines of UCLA's where I felt like they were overscored. It was, in the end, I think, just so close. That you can't really, like, <laughs> you can't you really could, You could make the argument for either. Yeah. If you really wanted to. There is no right answer here. Yes. Even though it kind of came down to Amari Celestine and that out of bounds or not out of bounds on floor it did come down to that but when you go back and look at the meat as a whole you could give a tenth there take a tenth here give a half tenth there and the outcome i think would still be so close in the end that it really could have gone either way so like Brittany said I wanted UCLA there selfishly, but I'm also not mad about Missouri being there. Oh, not at all. I'm happy for Missouri. Um, and I think it'll be exciting to see a different team at NCAAs. So, and kind of like we were saying with um, Gayla Griswold from Lindenwood advancing, I think even when you see 
I don't want to say lower ranked team because Missouri's not a low ranked team. You know what I mean though? Like they're not your typical um, national qualifier team. Like you don't typically see them there. You don't typically expect that for them necessarily as a fan that watches consistently. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like biased to one team or the other. So you wouldn't necessarily expect to see them there, but I think that gives hope and inspiration for some of those other teams that are on the brink. That's what I'm trying to say. On the brink. Yeah. I was, I was saying lower rank. I'm like, that's not right. That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's those on the brink teams. They yeah. are good enough to be there, but they don't do it necessarily. And they don't do it consistently. Yes. It reminds me of Auburn. And we can maybe segue to Auburn Regional now. It reminds me of, you know, Auburn and Sophia Growth actually posted on Instagram. It was a screenshot of a reporter's tweet um, for like a story that he had done um, a little bit earlier in the season. And... It basically said that, like, she committed to Auburn when she was in eighth grade, even though her mom was kind of like, do you really want to go to Auburn because of where they're ranked? Like, they're not, like, a national championship team. Like, you could go to Oklahoma and go to NCAAs and win. And you know what I mean? Like, she kind of had that mindset, like, do you want to go to Auburn because Auburn's not, like, the best team? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, I'm going to go to Auburn because we're going to be there. Like, we're going to do that. Oh, my God. She manifested. And here she is, her freshman season, helping Auburn to advance for only the sixth time in program history. Yeah. And she's a big part of it. She's been so incredible. I, I also interviewed her this week. And <laughs> Look at you. I talked she's to doing my, all these interviews. I talked to Miley O'Keefe as well. So I was like on it when we got back from watching. This is why we've been MIA, by the way, is because I think just work for both of us. Like Ashley doing her inside gymnastics and inside cheer. Ashley was gone. We didn't even mention that, by the way. Yeah. For regionals. I watched it with my friend Sarah. Shout out Sarah. We love you. We met her through gymnastics, of course. But um, she was here for one of her friend's weddings, and she stayed with me. Wait, it was a baby shower. A baby shower! <laughs> Sarah, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this entire time... Okay, now we're derailing this conversation. Hold on. Um, I thought she was here for a wedding, but it was on a Sunday, and I'm like, that's really weird that she has a wedding on a Sunday. And she's like, it's a baby shower. I told you that. And I'm like, you did tell me that. You're right. And now here I am again saying it was a wedding. Sarah, I'm so sorry. I know it's a baby shower. I just... I want it to be a wedding, I think. <laughs> Anyways, Ashley was in Nashville that weekend for Inside Cheerleading. Yeah, so real quickly, they, they do it on a, a weekly, a weekly, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to go to bed. It's, you can tell it's been a while since we recorded, because we're just making like all kinds of mistakes. I feel fine. My brain is just like not working with me today. <laughs> they do a weekly event. Uh, if you were to imagine, I would be so sad. <laughs> they do a yearly, is what I'm trying to say, event with a group of kids called Team IC, and it's some of the best, you know, all-star cheerleaders in the country, and they all come together for a photo shoot and just a fun weekend. So I was there for that. But it also happened to be regionals weekend, which was horrible because me and Ashley watch every meet together. We've never missed a meet. Mm-mm. We've watched every single meet together, whether it's in person or like at home on our computer slash TV. Yeah. So that was strange. I didn't like it. The vibes were like weird for me. Just having to like do it by myself. Yeah. Well, I got to watch with my coworker Christy from Inside Gymnastics. So we watched together, and of course, Brittany and I were texting. But it definitely would have been better, I think, if we were watching that <laughs> meet in particular, the Rally Regional together. We oh, would have yeah? been freaking out. But anyways, that was a side note. I don't even know how we got there. I was just saying that like you've been busy doing stuff. Oh, um, you're you're defending why we haven't been podcasting. Yes. <laughs> Which was, like, totally irrelevant. I didn't need to go there, but my brain was just like, you know what? We're going there. Random stuff. Why not? Well, it's been so long, you know. We gotta catch up. We gotta let you guys know what we've been up to. That's that's true. That's true. 
But anyways, oh, I think the reason why we got there was because I said I interviewed Sophia Growth and you made a comment yes. about how I was interviewing a bunch of people. And yes, I've been very busy. But yes, I did interview Sophia Growth and read it on Inside Gymnastics right now, by the way, because in my opinion, it was such a good interview. She's really insightful. She had a lot of great things to say. And really what I liked that she said was that, you know, that she knows that her team has made history this season. They're really happy with how they've done and you know, of course they want to go and make it to that final day. And of course they want to win a national championship. What team doesn't? But at the end of the day or at the end of her career, at the end of her life, she knows that her team, they are champions already. Like they have that champion mentality and they have what it takes to be a champion and not just like the results that you see, but like the work they put in, in the gym and everything that goes, yeah, everything that the characters and what goes into being a champion she feels that her team is already that so they're going into nationals this year with the mindset of we have nothing to lose and everything to gain mm-hmm. um and i thought that was really great especially for a freshman just to have that mindset and be so well spoken oh yeah i thought it was really great and she's also just been a really phenomenal asset to this team i mean suny gets a lot of the hype and a lot of the talk but She's also a part of that freshman class and is really doing big things for them. So I want to give a shout out to her. And if you have a moment, head over to Inside Gym and read that interview because I think it's really, really great and really sheds light on the team's mindset going into nationals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and well, Auburn was one of those teams last year that didn't go to regionals because of COVID. There yeah. was all these different like COVID shutdowns and Auburn was one of the teams that was impacted by that. So to see them not only be at regionals, but have the performance that they did to be able to qualify as a team to nationals is absolutely absolutely incredible the other team that we have to talk about is florida florida should have every single team in the country quaking in their boots <laughs> right now they posted a 198.775 which i think is the second highest score in ncaa history if i'm not mistaken it has to be that is a massive score that's so close to <laughs> almost like perfection as a team yeah that is um, and the thing is is like Sure, you can find a couple of routines here or there that were probably a little bit overscored, but for the most part, they really were just on. They had a great day. They really were just that good. Yeah. It was definitely an over one and eight performance. Yeah. It wasn't just a one and eight performance. It was an over I would one say, I would say it was definitely a mid one and eight performance for sure. So yeah. sure, take a couple tens here or there, but like point being there, they had a phenomenal meet and I think that going into nationals, they're kind of proving to be the team to beat. Yep. I think they have a lot of eyes on them right now. I think there's a lot of people, you know, throughout season, everyone's kind of, you know, they have their predictions, just like we have our predictions on who we think is going to win. And at the beginning of the season, a lot of people weren't talking about Florida. A lot of people were counting them out. And I think that um, I always knew that they were going to be in contention for sure. Their team is way too talented to not be. I think they had a different strategy this year as far as pacing themselves, um, injury-wise, making sure that they could have their best people on the floor on that final day Mm -hmm. um, to be able to actually contend for that title. I think that's exactly the way things are going to shake out for them. Well, I do think a lot of people were talking about them winning nationals, and there were people that were having that on their prediction, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. But a lot of people were talking about Michigan and then Oklahoma as, like, it's going to be one of those two teams. Well, you know? I think that they didn't come out the gates as strong as people might have expected them to. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think, just like you said, part of their strategy of peaking a little bit later in the season and having everything come together closer to when it counts rather than coming out the gate super strong like we saw Michigan do. Yeah. 
Because it's harder to maintain that all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've just kind of built it up a little bit slower, which isn't a bad thing. But I think in the beginning of the season, when you're looking at, ooh, who is going to win? Oh, maybe it will be Michigan again or whatever. You know, we were looking at the potential of the team for Florida and not seeing them do exactly what they're capable of. Right. Yep. And now they're really kind of hitting on all angles and they're everyone's hitting their stride and they yep. look great. So I think that... Yeah, really not... They um, proved... A lot of weaknesses there mm-hmm. as a team. So. And I think they proved that, you know, they're really going to be fighting for that national title. And, you know, if they can keep it together, I do think that they're going to be tough to beat. From the Washington Regional, we had Utah and Bama advance. And that was actually another one that was kind of <laughs> coming down to the last rotation. I think, um, I mean, Utah and Bama were on fire. First of all, I just want to say I was really impressed with Utah's ability to hit beam as solid as they did both days. Not surprising considering they're the number one team in the nation on that event. So it's not shocking that they hit beam. I'm not surprised. But it was, was just how good they were. And there was pressure on them. Yes. I would say for both meets, like they didn't have their best meet as a whole. And, you know, beam is the event where if you're not having a good meet and you have to go to beam still, it gets a little bit scary. Well, when they were finishing on beam in the final day yeah. and MSU was hot on their heels. Um, Bama was actually in the lead. Utah was in second. And then MSU was on in third. And, I, you know, I think a lot of people obviously expected Bama and Utah to be able to get the job done. But it's one of those things, like you said, you know, you're finishing up on beam. And you have a team that's not that far behind you. It's it's possible for them to overtake you if you have an off, an off day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't succumb to that pressure at all, which I was really proud of them for that. Their beam rotation from start to finish is... Chef's kiss, definitely the best in the nation. I saw a tweet going around. Are you a Utah Beam fan or are you a Florida Beam fan? Um, good question. I don't really know honestly because I think both Florida and Utah have the best beam work in the entire country. Yeah, that's a good question. So, like, which one do you prefer? <laughs> I want to say. Can we, can we combine them? Like, I really want <laughs> Megan Skaggs in the beam lineup, but I also want Miley O'Keefe and Crystal Issa. Like, can I combine the two teams? No, you can't. You have to pick <laughs> if I had a pick, I think I'd say Utah. See, I feel like I'd pick Florida, but then I also feel like I'd, on any given day, I'd switch it up and say Utah. So <laughs> maybe I'm not picking. I don't know. It's a qu- good question to ponder. But either way, like I said, they they killed it on beam the final day. Both Kara Aker and Miley O'Keefe got tens back to back to finish out the rotation. Which Kara hadn't been in most of the season because of an injury that happened, I think, during the first meet of the season. Yeah. So, like, hi. <laughs> we, I mean, we're not surprised. Like, we knew that she was incredible on beam. Yeah. I'm but not... it's also just like, she came out, it feels like she came out of nowhere. That's yeah. We weren't expecting it this soon, maybe. Like, you I, didn't I really know. have to go out and get a 10 like that, like. Like, your first week back. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't her first week back, but it was... Oh, was she at conference championships, too? I believe so. Let me look. Me not remembering anything that, besides this past week. There's There's been so much gymnastics happening. I mean, you kind of can't blame anyone for not remembering all the details. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that can't remember all the details. I, personally, am not one of those people. <laughs> so she came back March 4th against Minnesota. So their senior night. Where was I? Why do I not remember? Like, why do I feel like I haven't seen her beam all season except for regionals? Well, because she really didn't do it all season. She did it the first meet of the season, and then she came back on senior night, Utah senior night. Yeah. And then, I, w- I watched that meet, is what I'm saying. So why don't I don't I can't help you there, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Okay, either way. Her scores this season, 9875 was her very first beam routine ever. She returned 
for senior night, got a 9-9 the following week against LSU, got a 9-8-7-5, and then at regional, she got a 9-9-5 the first day and a 10 the second day. You know what? I think I do remember, actually, senior night. I think I do remember it now. You probably do. <laughs> if you it's somewhere it. deep in the... Deep in your mind. Yeah, deep in the back of my mind. Anyways, um, was that all we had to say? Oh, no, it's not. I'm looking at my notes here. I want to talk about Bama. Um, super impressed with their depth. They are currently without Luisa Blanco. She actually hurt herself on beam at SCC's. It was the final event. Um, and she had a great routine going, fell on her dismount. And, um, I remember we were talking about how it looked like she was grabbing her calf and we weren't sure at the time what Mm -hmm. the injury was. Um, it actually ended up being a sprained ankle. So not anything too serious, I guess, in terms of like gymnastics injuries in the gymnastics world, that's a pretty quick injury to come back from but when you're working with such a short timeline in postseason you know you're talking you know a matter of two weeks three weeks in between you know regionals and you know the time that you're competing at nationals um so she only did bars at regionals and Bama really needed to use their depth to kind of make up ground on those other events and I to be honest with you didn't know how good they were going to look without mm-hmm. her, you know, considering that she's their star. Um, I think her scores are really, really hard to replace, but they found a way and it was absolutely incredible to watch. You saw people stepping up in ways that they never had before, um, especially not this season, like Shania Adams, for example. Mm-hmm. So rocky. I would say so inconsistent at times. Um she went up and did incredible beam both days, incredible bars. Yeah, she got a 9-9 the first day and then the 9-9-5 the second day on beam. Yeah. Which she really wasn't in beam very much all this season. I know she had done bars at a couple points, but like you said, I think she was really just struggling with her consistency. And I thought for sure with Lu- Luisa going out and other people having to step up that it wasn't going to be, even if it was a hit routine, it wasn't going to be... Luisa Blanco level greatness. Yeah. That they needed. Um, I was definitely worried about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Their um, vaults look incredible. Some stock vaults, minimal deductions, you know, small hops forward. Really, really great vaulting. I think they're hot going into nationals. And I think that they um, are starting to hit their stride, which again is so strange considering that they're without Luisa. And I'm not sure if... She'll be back for nationals um, at this point in time. I don't believe we've gotten any word on, you know, if they're expecting her to be back. I think that they said they're hoping, but they obviously can't give a definitive answer because you just don't really know. Um, ankle sprains, mild ankle sprains can take anywhere from like three to four weeks to heal. Yeah. Um, so it's Which, not it's not a you know a super serious injury. It, I guess it just depends on how she feels and how they're yeah you know, rehabbing her. It's been you know by the time we're at nationals, it's going to be about a month since conference championships happen. So she could be good to go. She could be. Um, but I guess you know we don't know at this point in time. So. Um, they have her on bars, which is great, and they were able to use their depth, and, you know, they had a lot of athletes really step up. Yeah, Griffin, Griffin James on floor, Maddie Walagora on vault, and then Shania Adams, we mentioned. Yeah, to see them step up, I think, like, bravo to them, round of applause. Um, not easy shoes to fill. Yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly what they were called upon to do, so. They advanced with Utah, like we said, and then the Norman Regional. We Hold had- on, real quickly, I want to shout out Stanford. Oh, yes, yes. I feel like overall that regional was really, really close. Like there was, 
The teams were kind of all within a couple of tenths from each other the whole way through. And Stanford went from the playing rounds all the way to the finals and ended with an over 197 score in the finals. I mean, just like a phenomenal way to end their season. Yep. Shout out to them for like not giving up and just pushing through that. Oh yeah, Michigan State and Stanford were not letting up at all. It was close in the semifinals, and it was close in the finals. Like, there was no... Look at Oregon State, too. Like, at any point, any of those teams could have advanced. Like, it was just really close. Yeah. That was a good one to watch. I know it was later in the evening, I guess, depending on where you live. But for us, it was definitely a little bit later in the evening and kind of starting to get a little bit tired at that point. But it was one of the more intense regionals to watch because of how phenomenal everyone was doing and how yeah. close it was and i think just how close some of those teams even just were in the rankings to one another like you had a lot of on the bubble type teams at that regional yeah michigan state they've been you know one of the teams that we've been following so closely we've always followed them closely but this season in particular really just felt like almost like a cinderella story for them it really just seemed like everything was coming together in the right way you know they had you know their second place finish at the big 10 championships moved on to regionals as a team did so, so well. And on that final day, they actually had a new program record that they set with a 197.65. Which they went well over 197 for the very first time ever this season. Yeah. So they've broken their program record numerous times yeah, this season. Yeah, I think this is the third time, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, that they've done it. Um, they also had a program record on Vol at this meet at 49.4. So absolutely incredible fight from that team. Again, one of those teams that just didn't let up. I think they truly in their heart believed that they could have been at Nationals. And it was, they were, you could tell they were disappointed that they didn't make it, but I was also so just, I guess, proud of how they even handled themselves in that moment because it was so close and to see them, you know, be upset, but also still be cheering for the other teams that did advance and being happy and supportive of them. Um, just go to show what incredible athletes they are and how, you know, strong of character they have. Yeah. And they're going to finish the season ninth, no matter what, which is, I believe, their highest it is. postseason finish. Yeah, it's and, their highest. You know, it's really heartbreaking, too, to think that if they were in other regionals, they could have advanced. They were there every year. There's that team or those couple of teams that put up a score that is good enough to make it to nationals, but just not out of their regional. Because like we said, this one was so close Yeah, that it wasn't so clear, like these two teams are going to do it and the other ones are just like several tenths behind. Like they were all so close the whole way through. Mm-hmm. It could have been any of them. Um, and if you take them out and put them in, I can't remember off the top of my head which regionals it was, but I think it was the Norman one um, they could have advanced out of. Um, I think even potentially Raleigh too. Um, well, let's see. Give what did, me, what did Missouri score. get? Missouri had a 197.425. So yeah, they would have beat Missouri too. So yeah, um, they definitely put up an NCAA worthy performance. Yep. And they should be really proud. And I am just so, so excited for what this team has in store. They have an incredible class coming in next year, their freshman class. Super excited to see um, the ways in which they're going to be able to contribute to this team and just help them continue to grow and build on an incredible season that they've already had and really kind of set the tone, I guess, going forward yeah because i don't think that this is the end for michigan state i think we're gonna see next season they're gonna come back with the same level of fierceness and competitiveness and potentially even be a little bit better so yeah exciting things i think in the future msu gymnastics 
And then finally, we had the Norman Regional. We had Oklahoma. They looked amazing. Of course, they advanced. And then Minnesota was the other team. It was really coming down to Cal and Minnesota. It was so, so close. Both teams had incredible performances, incredible fights. And both teams were at NCAA championships last year as well. And I hated that going in. Like, just knowing that... You couldn't have both. Yeah. you just I mean, unless Oklahoma flopped, which I'm sure a lot of people would have been happy with, but... You know, we wanted Cal and Minnesota to have that opportunity again, just like they did last season, but unfortunately it just wasn't possible. No, it wasn't in the cards this year because of the regional draw. And I think Minnesota, you know, they have so much talent on their team with Anna Loper and Lexi Rambler being seniors, really wanted them to have that moment with their team at the national championships again. Maya Huen, another star, just so much talent on that team that... They were able to prevail in the end. Arkansas was another team that was at that regional. Um, that was that was during a time slot where there was like all the regionals going on at once. So it was yeah. really really hard to you know really watch and take in every single. And especially routine. when chaos was ensuing in Raleigh. Yes, <laughs> but um, I do remember you know checking in on Arkansas a little bit as well because they were another one of those teams that was certainly capable of advancing. Didn't have their best performance. Actually, didn't quite even have their best season. I would say it was um, Arkansas dealt with a lot of injuries. This this year, unfortunately, um, Leah Smith, the freshman, has been incredible this season. But um, that first day of regionals on floor, sprained her ankle. And she was able to come back for the final day, and she did just bars. So it was nice to see her be able to compete one last time this season. But yeah, she's really a you know key gymnast for Arkansas. And to have her go down, um, really... It made it really difficult for Arkansas to have any shot of making it to championships. Yeah, they really needed her, and I think they needed a lot of their athletes that went down with injury this season to be, um, you know, operating on, you know, all cylinders and doing what they're capable of doing. So definitely a rough goal for Arkansas, but another one of those teams that I feel like is only going to continue to get better as they go on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have good vibes for Arkansas in the future. Um, I did want to give a shout-out to Maggie O'Hara, our girl, her performance was so emotional. She finished her bar routine and it was a great routine. And then she was, you could see how emotional she was. And the whole team. It was like everybody was crying, it seemed. Yeah. So she's someone obviously that we've loved watching throughout her career and super, super sad that she didn't make it onto nationals like she did last season. That's kind of what I was hoping. I was hoping that she'd have one hurrah, you know, one more hurrah if her team wasn't going to advance, um, that she at least would as an individual. But it was nice to see her go out with a hit routine, kind of end on a high note and get to do it with her team around her. I guess that is the plus. I mean, I don't want to say that it's a plus to like not advance on the national championships, even as an individual. But, you know, last year she was competing as an individual and it was just her and I think, um, couldn't handbrake. Yes. But, you know, this time around, she got to do her final routine and go give her a hug to her coaches. Yeah, and be embraced her by her team and um, she deserves biggest that. supporters. Yeah, so we've been a fan of her, obviously, since she was at Michigan. And just wanted to give her a shout out because we love her. We love her. And that was definitely an emotional, one of the most emotional moments, I would say, of regionals as a whole. Um, looking back on individual performances and, you know, careers that ended. It was just so, yeah, it was just so nice to see her thriving at Arkansas and doing as well. I mean, she she really became a superstar at Arkansas yeah. and 
she deserves all of the success and happiness in the world. So we're sad to see her career coming to a close, but really, you know, looking forward to seeing what she does in the future because she's a great person. And also out of that regional was, um, not only did Cal not advance as a team, but they didn't have any individual qualifiers, which is just bizarre to mm-hmm. me. Like I, it honestly took me a minute to even like process that. Like with how, how good of a team they are, how do they not have, you know, Bea D'Souza, Milan Clasi, you know, anybody advancing. Yeah. They have Maya Bordas, who is the national champion of ours. Yeah, I get another defending champion that won't be there. Yeah, so definitely a little bit strange, um, a little bit disappointing. And I'm hoping that we see some of their senior class return for a fifth year because Cal is too good of a team to go out that way and that senior class in particular has been so incredible and played such an instrumental role in getting Cal as a whole the the entire program to the place that they've been in the last couple of seasons so definitely crossing my fingers and hoping for some fifth year announcements in the next couple weeks yeah um two other people that I wanted to shout out and express my disappointment and sadness that they didn't advance is Emily Mullen hopped from Boise State and Mara from LIU, both incredible bar workers that really had a shot at winning the NCAA bar title. Emily's sixth in the nation on bars and Mara's eighth. So I was really kind of pulling for them to make it to NCAAs, and unfortunately it didn't happen. Well, and Emily is one that we've been rooting to get a 10. She does, you know perfection week in and week out on bars so not only disappointed that you know she didn't get the 10 but also to see the end of her career also not in that regional now we're just thinking of careers that are ending (laughs) and seniors um lauren garen yeah from iowa again she's another one who was pretty much doing identical gymnastics week after week and definitely had floor routines that in my opinion deserve to be 10s and unfortunately didn't get it done um I, I don't think that her final routine like her regional that final day um was a 10 i think that you know she i think she got a 995 her um, day one though was really good just like her day big tens was really good yeah big tens that should have been a 10 um so many routines that could have been 10 and it'll eat away at me forever but this time of year is so bittersweet for this reason. I think, you know, you're happy and you're excited for all the teams that are advancing on. But then there's also this kind of sadness when you think about the fact like, oh, wait, that was the last time I'm going to see Maggie O'Hara on bars. Oh, wait, that's the last time I'm going to see Lauren Guerin on floor. Yeah. Um, it, so it doesn't really emotions. process right away. Yeah. So many emotions in even just the same arena. Like, you have teams that are celebrating, and they're so excited, and then you have teams that are in tears, and they're heartbroken, and mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of just, it a roller sucks. Coaster? It sucks either way. <laughs> yeah, definitely a roller coaster of emotions, for sure. Regionals always is. You can count on that, but we're very excited as we look forward to nationals. Like we said, we're going to be there, so we leave really early on Wednesday morning. The first competition is on Thursday, and I'm pretty stoked. I think, honestly... This could be anyone's game. And I think that's what makes it so, so nerve-wracking and also exciting. Because, you know, obviously I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm pulling for Michigan. Um, and I believe that they have the capabilities to do it. I've felt that way all season long. But then I also see what Oklahoma is doing. And I see what Florida's doing. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be <laughs> really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Again, it really comes down to who's not only the healthiest, but who's doing their best gymnastics on that day. And... Yeah, it really could be any of these teams. I mean, of course, 
I have Michigan coming out on top. That's what I want to happen. But <laughs> Shocker. I'm, but I'm also not dumb. I know that, you know, Florida and Oklahoma and even, you know, Utah or Alabama on any given day could do it. Like, yep. they're, they're great teams. And I know it's not going to be easy for Michigan to defend their title. But I do think Michigan does best when they're kind of the underdogs. And that's, that's what they were working with last season when they won. They came in. I think they were ranked third going into nationals and that's where they're ranked right now so Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that they are feeling less pressure right now not being the number one team in the nation yes um I think that you know it's great that they were ranked number one I think it was for eight weeks in the season yeah and um yeah Michigan came out the gate so strong and I think it's really hard to maintain that all season long so we did eventually kind of see a little bit of a dip in their performance which I think was to be expected I don't think any team can maintain that high high level of performance an entire season yeah um I think Oklahoma did it one year but like it's really really hard to do but like you said I think that they um the pressure has been taken off them a little bit I think more people are talking about Florida I think more people are talking about Oklahoma and to be honest with you I think that's exactly how Michigan likes it yeah yeah (laughs) knowing the girls and knowing their mindsets um I think they do better when people are not expecting them to do good yeah so um it worked for them last season so I feel pretty good about that I'm, I'm trusting in that as a Michigan fan um I know that they're one of the best teams in the nation on ball and floor they did have um Abby High School and Sierra Brooks um Sierra Brooks rested both days of regionals on floor that was an intentional rest they had planned all week long for her not to be in at regionals on that event and then Abby High School was out on floor day two both dealing with some ankle soreness so nothing too major but just kind of little things that you manage at this point in the season just as any team is I'm sure um, they are expected to be back for nationals which is great I think that Michigan is going to need them um, working you know all four events to the best of their ability if they do want to contend for that title again and they may potentially be modifying some routines taking out some difficulty and going with you know maybe a two-pass Florentine instead of the three passes really just trying to limit the pounding on the ankles which I think could be... Uh, it's a good strategy, I yeah, would say. <laughs> I think that could be a good thing for them. So, And I think... Um, we didn't really talk about Michigan at all, actually, at regionals. I'm just now processing that. We totally, like, skimmed over them. We were talking about Missouri and UCLA and LSU. We, like, literally didn't mention <laughs> Michigan. I mean, we talk about Michigan a lot on this podcast, so... <laughs> but I will say that, um, you know, Beam has been kind of their weaker event this season. And it hasn't been a bad event by any means. Like, they're, they're good on Beam. They don't have, like, beam meltdowns or anything. Um, but I think when you compare them to a team like Utah or Florida or Oklahoma, that, that's their more of a clear weakness. Yeah, they're not, they're not as sharp. They're um, not going up and getting 9-9-plus scores through their entire rotation. They have a couple 9-8-5 or a 9-8-2-5. Or, or regionals, literally 9-8-5s the whole way through the lineup. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, and I was going to say, day one of regionals was actually their second highest score in program history on that event. So they... They finished on beam day one, and they put up an incredible, incredible performance. And then day two was also extremely steady, uh, like you said, (laughs) 985s all the way through. I actually felt like some of that was underscored, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back and watching it, I had uh, Natalie Boychuk and Gabby Wilson higher than a 985. Yeah. Uh, But whatever, a 985 all the way through, is you you can't complain about that. That, That's steady, for sure. So... I think that Michigan is looking better and more confident on beam at regionals than they did this entire season, which I think bodes well for them as they head into Yeah, I think the key for Michigan is just staying healthy and keeping the confidence up on beam and just doing what they've been doing on the other events. And 
you know, that's going to be their best shot at defending the title. I think for Oklahoma, the key is going to be just to stick more vault landings. I think Oklahoma, really the last, you know, month or so has looked so incredible and they look incredible on all four events. They don't really have a clear weakness. Um, and that's exactly what you want as a team, you know, heading into nationals to be so strong on all four events, so consistent on all four events that you really don't have anything to worry about. Um, I think for them, it's about perfecting things. I think, you know, Vault, like I said, sticking more landings is going to be key. Um, you have a team like Michigan, who is a stick machine <laughs> when it comes to that event. They very often go up and stick you know, a couple vaults um, or have very minimal deductions, very small hops. And we saw how close it was last year between Michigan and Oklahoma. It really does come come down to tens, comes down to quarter tens. Yeah, you could argue that, you know, if Oklahoma had stuck an, an extra vault last year, that they would have been on top of Michigan. It's, yeah. it's that, you know, it's like that at the national finals. So um, I think that's going to be a key for them as they head into nationals. I think Florida is just about maintaining the level that they're already at. I think that can be a difficult thing to do. Um, like we said with Michigan, I think you can only have so many like boom, 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 boom performances before yeah. you have a low. And we have in, you know, years past, we've seen Florida at the national championships have uncharacteristic mistakes from people that you wouldn't expect it to be mm -hmm. just because maybe they're a little bit nervous or whatever it might be. So there is that possibility and I think they really just need to like stay in their zone and not let the pressure get to them. I feel like though they have have such a different level of confidence to them. I think they've been paced incredibly well. Um, I think they are on a high, you know, coming off of SEC championships and then that incredible score at regionals. Like they are, they're on a high and it seems like they're only getting better every time they come out. So um, I think I said it's just about maintaining that. It's about maintaining that level of performance. I would say that Florida, if they have a weakness, in my opinion, it would be bars. Mm -hmm. I think that Riley this season has been really hit or miss. She either has a good routine or she has an off routine. So yeah. she's oftentimes the score that they're dropping. And Sloan Blakely sometimes kind of the same way. She either hits a really good routine and she sticks that dismount or she can just be a little bit off or not get quite as big of a score as they would want to have. So. Well, I think the dismounts, like you said, that, that's a huge yeah. part of it. You have, you know, Leanne Juan doesn't always stick her dismount. It depends on how, you know, she slings out that double layout or if she, you know, drop it right in. Um, it just depends. You never know. So I think that bars is really the event that I'm going to be keying in on. Florida, you know, for Michigan, it's beam. Oklahoma, it's ball. Florida, it's bars, I would say. Making sure that they're hitting those handstands and they're sticking those dismounts because I think, you know, in the end, every tenth matters. And that's where they can clean up a little bit. For Utah, I think it's really just about fine-tuning. Um, again, they kind of across the board, not getting all the stuck dismounts. Um, I think vaults and bars is really coming to mind. I think that, like we mentioned, they're incredible on beam and obviously the number one team in the nation. So beam, Utah, keep it how it is. I think everywhere else, they just need to fine-tune a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stick more bar dismounts, stick more vaults. They... We're really struggling with that. I would say at regionals, um, just needs to be a little bit more precise, a little bit more on, and a little bit more confident, I would say. Yeah. And then Bama, you know, I'm, I'm going to include them in this as well. I think I had Utah initially in my final four, but considering that first semifinal and, you know, you have 
Utah and Bama and Oklahoma essentially duking it out for those well and, and Minnesota too but um I, in my mind I think it's really gonna come down to um Utah and Alabama and mm-hmm. one of them advancing unless Oklahoma has an off performance which they haven't really all season <laughs> so um I think it's really gonna come down to those two teams and I think for Bama it's just continuing to push and keeping their energy high like it was after you know after regionals i think they're coming off of a really strong performance yeah and when you look at the performances that they put up at regionals just look at those numbers i mean between alabama and utah utah did come out on top but it was only by a quarter tenth so i know it's it's close and even between utah and oklahoma it was only a half tenth so that's like terrifying. It's going to be really, really <laughs> close. That is going to be the semifinal to watch, I think. Yes. And for the other teams, you know, Auburn, Minnesota, Missouri, um, I think in order for them to advance to that final day, they're going to need to be on. They are going to need to have the performance of a lifetime. And I think they're possibly even going to need a little bit of help from one of those top teams, you know, depending on who's in their final. Whether I it's think Oklahoma, Florida, Michigan, Utah, whatever. I think the Auburn fans wouldn't agree with you. I think I have seen people saying that they think Auburn's going to challenge, but I also think that's a little bit optimistic. Michigan being normal Michigan will advance, and Florida being normal Florida will advance. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to take – it's possible for any of those teams to advance to the final. I think that for them to do it, they are going to have to be on – Auburn's going to have to go out there and have the best meet that they've had all season. And I think that they're going to have to count on, you know, Florida or Michigan or I guess any of these teams or whatever, whatever final they're in, one of those top teams to have an off day. And I'm not even talking about like counting a fall off day. I'm talking like you go up and have a subpar bar performance and Auburn's hitting on all cylinders. You might need to be worried. Yeah. I think it's that kind of a environment where you have all these teams coming out so strong, so on fire, so motivated to make it to that final that everyone's hoping for that. Everyone's gunning for that. And you can't afford to be average on any event. You have to be on. So I think that, you know, that applies to Auburn, Missouri, and Minnesota as well. I think they're going to need to have incredible days and possibly hope for one of those top teams to be having an off night on even just one event. And they could possibly find themselves in the finals. So as we saw with regionals, anything can happen and definitely something worth mentioning and something to keep your eye on and potentially root for if you're the kind of person that likes up sets you like to root for the underdog there are definitely between these two semifinals chances to you know root for an upset I think that just goes to show you how absolutely competitive the NCAA has become where you can be at the national championships and looking at each semifinal not even have a clear idea of what team is going to advance especially that first one yeah nothing is guaranteed here but it's going to be an exciting competition for the fans we're super excited to be there we've only been that in step championships once before it was in 2018 when ucla won which was super exciting that was so so much fun we're really excited to just be back in person and hopefully feel the energy from the crowd and see some good gymnastics so it's going to be a good weekend if you're going to be there i know a lot of our gymnastics friends are going to be there um if you see us or if you want to see us send us a message tweet us um we would love to meet up with you hang out with you we will be around all weekend so it's gonna be a fun one and we hope to see you all there
that does it for this week's episode. And like we mentioned, we're going to be in Fort Worth this week for the national championship. So sometime when we get back, we will sit down and record an episode and talk about how the weekend went, all the fun things that happened, and of course, recap the competition and share our thoughts with you. And then we also have an interview scheduled for sometime in the middle of the week next week. So that interview will hopefully be out the following week and give you all something to look forward to. So we hope you guys all have an incredible week. Enjoy the NCAA championships. It's one of the best times of the year. And we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.